I'm Richard Gennebeg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 156 for the weekend starting 21 October 2016. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, we chat about Vumatel's acquisition of Fiberhoods. Also this week, Celsius financial results, the looming MacBook Pro refresh, the demise of the Samsung Galaxy Note 7, and more on the ICT policy white paper. It's a good show. Let's get the show on the road. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Richard? How's it, Dunk? Let's do our quiz. You want to kick it off? Yes, let's go right into it. Um, first question. We finally have side of Celsius' full financial numbers. How much of net profit did it turn in the first six months of 2016? Second question. Which smartphone did Lenovo launch in South Africa this week? Third question. Nusparis this week sold one of its investments for 46 billion rand. Who was it? Fourth question. Microsoft shares hit a record high in after-hours trading on Thursday, but the company remains the third largest tech company in the U.S. by market uh, capitalization. Which companies are bigger than it? And the last question. The new HBO science fiction series called Westworld tackles issues like artificial intelligence. Um, It's been getting rave reviews around the world, and it's based on a 1973 movie that was directed by which well-known author and movie director? Great, that's our quiz this week. Some uh, a couple of toughies in there, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. But uh, let's uh, let's get stuck into the show, and um, uh, we're having some beer again. Yes, indeed. And um, it was my turn to pick this week, and I've um, bought you something purely you went based on, on the label. I went on the label alone. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful label, and I love the name of the stuff. It's um, Brewer Bruce Wuppelsontein Liver Uli. Uh, liver oil in English, wit beer, wit beer, and uh, we've just opened it, and it's 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 quite nice. No, it's a very nice beer, and I've I've had it a few times before. I've actually uh, featured it numerous times, and uh, it's it's an easy drinking beer for a hot day. You know, it's yeah. it's not as um, if if, if you like a, a vice mm. beer, you'll definitely love this. It's kind of a different take on on kind of that flavour. Yeah, but I, lo- I just love the packaging. The front resembles a large stamp. Um, there's a raven in a corner. There's a picture of Paul Kruger at the top, uh, Springbok at the bottom right, um, and uh, clearly a lot of thought has gone into this. Um, it's made by a company, uh, <laughs> funnily enough, called Mainstream Brewing Company, which is a bit of a laugh. I guess that's they were having a laugh when they came up with the name. Uh, Lanseria Business Park, Falcon Lane, Lanseria, which is obviously just north of us here in Johannesburg. Um, but I love the wording on the back of this. Uh, Rechard, your Afrikaans is much better than mine. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can read this. Um, okay, yeah, read I, I don't, I don't uh, read or talk much Afrikaans. But um, okay, so on the back of the label, here the lafnis wordt gemaakt door die befaamde brewer brewers van gars geplant in die skadeweer van die Magaliesberg. Die brewers druen sich dagelijks uitgesoekte werkte van Langenhoven, Eugene Marais en Twitius, terwijl hulle uit die uitgesoekte gars sprinkel met die trane van een hartseer bosbok. <laughs> die bier, it's, it's actually very, it's, lovely, it's, it's yeah? nice to read. Yeah. And, yeah. Die, it's very old Afrikaans. Very old Afrikaans, yes. Die bier poetic ver- almost. Ja, yeah, it is poetic. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Die bier fermenteer in absolute stilte binnen suiver platinum vaten van dag tot dag. Dat de, van, sorry, let me just read that again. Die bier fermenteer in absolute stilte binnen suiver platinum vaten tot die dag dat een begaafde raaf op Paul Kruger sy graf geland het en die weisie van kent gij dat volk gefleid het. Daardier raaf vlieg dan naar die broerse plaas en pik die seel op die bouwerkamerse dier oop. 
Die bier wordt daarna gebotteld en per postpelikana uitgesoekte handelaars vervoer. That's lovely stuff. Postpelikana. So <laughs> but yes, very old Afrikaans, mm. but lovely stuff. Really, a lot of passion we need to make in this product. And a great example of, you know, one of the things that I love most about craft beer is, is the, the kind of the look and feel people put around their beers. Because mm. it adds a lot to the flavor and kind of the, the idea of craft beer coming from a place, you know, yes. whether it's a place of passion or a history or... And, and I think these guys have pulled it off. Um, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And quite of course, the label should be a talking point, right? I mean, it's a social thing. So. Oh, yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. And um, they're quite active on Facebook, too, and the guys uh, okay. get around lots of festivals and things, so okay. well worth checking out. And they're also the guys that do um, the the Bart Willy. They've got a similar brand um, of beard Beard-oil. oils. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember the name. I think it's called like, Bart Devert Willy. Bart Willy. Hopefully, I don't get the production line mixed up. I <laughs> 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 won't forgive them for that. But um, lovely stuff. So um, go check it out if you're a beer drinker. Buffels Fontaine Lever Willy Wit Beer. Lovely stuff. Anyway, uh, that's going to. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, Oh, I can't think of the word now. It's going, going, to, nicely. It's going to help the conversation <laughs> flow along. Because uh, there's plenty of tech news to talk about this week. And um, the interesting story, and I think it may be the first of many, an announcement uh, earlier this week uh, that uh, Vumatel is buying fiber hoods. Uh, obviously, two FTTH providers, Vumatel obviously being the bigger of the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah. fiber hoods also has built out quite a, um, a presence in Johannesburg specifically, I think in about yeah. 15 or 20 suburbs. And uh, so this deal is giving Vumatel access to, to more um, suburbs. But interestingly enough, they've both these two companies have chosen very different technologies to deploy. Yes. Um, uh, Fiberhoods is obviously aerial fiber, and Vumatel is going the more expensive and but but ultimately probably better route of yeah, trenching fiber. But uh, I wonder if this means that Vumatel is going to consider mix it, a different mix of uh, of, of, of deployments mm. in the future, or whether. Uh, any future work done by uh, fiberhoods will um, be trenched, um, or um, you know, or whether this is just simply an acquisition to take a competitor out of the market. I think it's a bit of everything. Mm. Um, obviously, if, if you're in this space, getting a competitor is one of the best ideas you can do because now you're immediately on a larger part of that market share. Yeah. But I think it makes sense for the company to, to kind of cross-pollinate their technologies and, and make use of it where they um, where they work better. I mean, we know where they've deployed fiber hoods in some of the older suburbs. They did it, from what I believe, because it was too expensive to trench some of those roads because mm. um, it's so heavily populated or, or the infrastructure is so old there with probably lots of stuff in the ground already. Yeah. Um, it makes sense to, in some places, I would imagine, put, put up uh, aerial fiber, but... Yeah, I think it's a good move. Definitely yeah. a good move. And no doubt, no doubt, I think the uh, start of uh, further consolidation in this market. And I've, I've heard estimates anywhere between 20 uh, and 35 fiber to the home providers in the market at the moment. Sure. Uh, many of those obviously very small. Uh, some of the bigger names, obviously companies like Vumatel, Fiberhoods, uh, Link Africa. Uh, then obviously the big telcos, MT and Vodacom, Telcom, now OpenServe, of course. Um, Cell C isn't doing its own infrastructure, but they're in that space as an ISP. Um, but I, th- I think there naturally has to be some consolidation, and I think Telcom is the obvious one to do the consolidating. Yeah. Telcom and maybe the big mobile operators as well. Um, and these they've, guys, got the, they've got the balance sheet to do it. And they've been trenching, obviously, in your part of the world here. Um, I believe it's gone well. You said it's a few days to go, and you guys... Uh, you, you I will soon have Vumatel at home. It's... Uh, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I've um, already signed up the package uh, 
Um, and I've gone for a 100 megabit per second symmetrical connection. As one does. As one does. <laughs> I might downgrade it later, but I, I, I have to no. have the fastest available option, at least for the first few months, just to test it out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's overkill. I, I would be the first to admit that. I'd probably downgrade to 50-50. Look, it, it, it may be overkill, but it makes a lot of things a lot easier when you need it. Um, it it's almost like that power on demand. Yes. That's, yes. that's really how I see it. I mean, yeah. and, let's, and, and for streaming too. I mean, multiple streams in a house, we have multiple devices. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm going to probably shoot a lot more YouTube video, actually, yeah. um, just because it's going to be such a pleasure to upload it onto, onto YouTube. I think the, the biggest bottleneck now will be YouTube's processing of the video rather than uploading it to YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we should definitely try some live streams. We should try that as well at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, um, that's the uh, acquisition news handle this week. Now, Cell C, uh, uh, speaking of uh, which, uh, uh, they've, um, they've published, or they, not them, but rather Blue Label Telecoms, which is buying a 45% stake in them, has published their first set of full financial results. Cell C, that is. Uh, this came as part of a circular to shareholders published this week. Um, as part of this whole restructuring of Celsius, in which uh, Celsius, in which Blue Label is acquiring a 45% stake for five and a half billion rand, uh, and the numbers made for very interesting reading for a number of reasons. The first showed that um, Celsius has accumulated incredible losses. I think the figure was 26 billion rand cumulative loss, if not 29 billion. I forget the figure um, uh, since it started. Uh, and its net debt position is, is, is a staggering. It was a staggering 20 billion rand at the end of last year. Um, this restructuring is meant to reduce the net debt position to below 8 billion rand. It's still a large number, but they say it's then manageable. Um, Chelsea did get into a very serious debt situation. Um, uh, the other number that I thought was interesting uh, was the subscriber number that disclo- was disclosed. We ran a piece on this this week, which Hilton Tarrant actually followed up on and did another a, a very good piece, really interrogating the numbers, but. Um, Celsi has previously said that they had tw- between 20 and more recently 25 million customers on their network and they used this as the basis to say that they were gaining huge market share relative to the competition I, f- I forget the figures they were actually quoting but I think it was over 20% uh, in the blue label numbers that came out this week the number they quoted was 12.6 million which called into qu- immediately called into question well has Celsi actually made the inroads especially against MTN, which we've all been saying that they have been making based on the numbers that they've been disclosing. Uh, and it seems that although they have gained some market share, it hasn't been nearly as positive for them as uh, they've been making out. Uh, 12.6 million versus 25 million is a very big difference. That is a big difference. 25 million is double. But is, it, is this all Celsius customers across mobile and potentially like their fiber offerings? Or? Well, their fiber offering is tiny still, so this is, this is mobile. Uh, and um, I mean, I think they've, 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 their fixed line customers are probably number in the thousands, if that, mm. at this stage. Um, but I, I, I put the questions to them, and they said that the um, they explained that um, the 25 million figure is what they call A4 customers, or customers who've been active within the last four months. Um, and they they claimed that this was the number that management used to, to, to set objectives for themselves. Um, and the board set for management to, 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 to meet. Um, but the A3 number, which is active for three months, is 12.6 million. So yeah. the difference between that is about 12 million customers. So are they churning 12 million customers in 30 days between months three and four? And with, if these numbers are correct that we've been supplied, that uh, that's Blue Label have supplied, then there's massive churn going on on the C network between months three and four. Um, 
and you know one wonders why they were using this A4 number in the past when the when the standard had, the standard for the industry has pretty much become A3 or active for three mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. Certainly, um, MT and Vodacom and Telcom all use A3 numbers. Um, and Telsey's been using A4. So now that we've got these numbers officially published in a, in a regulatory document, in a regulatory filing from Blue Label Telecoms, we can actually really start to interrogate Celsius true market share in South Africa. And it turns out, in the harsh light of day, that um, they haven't been making as many gains as they've been letting on, particularly in the contract market. They've done better in the prepaid market. And I think that must be disappointing for them, particularly how, you know, given how aggressive they've been trying to get contract customers through those things like the contract buyout offer and other um, aggressively priced offers that they've had to try and win postpaid users. Uh, so I think that must be a bit disappointing to the market uh, and to, to Celsi management that they haven't been so successful in that contract space uh, and that their market share is still sitting down at only 16% uh, of the market, which... They've said in the past, I'm not sure the current CEO said it, but certainly the previous CEO, Alan or Craig, said they need to be up at 20 to 25% to be sustainable as an operator. Sure. But anyway, they're being restructured now. They've got new shareholders coming in. Uh, I don't know what Blue Label's plans are for them and what, what the strategic thinking is behind the investment and how they can really start to grow Celsius subscriber base. But that's you know, the obvious thing that they're going to have to try and do. Yeah, look, it certainly sounds like you know, the lo playing up the larger numbers is, is kind of marketing 101, you know. It's sure, sure. Pick a number that uh, you can qualify somewhere and yeah. then just use it, even if it's outdated. I've seen this many times yes. before. Yes, yeah. and the self, I mean, the, the, the Vodacom and MTN did this in the early yeah. days as well. I think MTN was was famous for quoting numbers that were not... I mean, it's only, uh, it's only a problem if it comes out, so... Yeah, know, which it but did, now so. it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well. But no, it's, it's, I know we all love to love Salsi. I mean, they came. Yeah. I mean, remember when they launched? They were kind of the the underdogs that everybody loved. And, yes, and they've done some really good things for the industry over the years. Yeah, they I have pushed a lot of boundaries. So, it, it is a little sad to see that they are not doing as well. But I don't yeah. think they're going to go anywhere. But they are, yeah. no, they're not going to go anywhere. They are profitable. The numbers show for the first time ever they turned a profit of two point eight million rand in the six months end of June. Now, to put that in perspective, um, two point eight million rand is probably less than the CEO got paid last year, <laughs> almost certainly. And the um, <laughs> and uh, that was on revenue of, of 7 billion rand. So if sure. you do the basic maths, it be means their um, profit margin for the first six months of this year was 0,04%. Wow. Um, now, to be fair, they've just come from a net loss position. I think they lost something like 4 billion or 5 billion rand last year. Um, so they've, they've swung very quickly in the right direction. So maybe the second half of the year is going to show a big swing into profitability. And maybe next year is going to, the numbers are going to look very good. And the guys from Blue Label aren't stupid. They won't have bought a company oh, yeah. that, that they oh, yeah. think is not going to have a profitable future um, and, and, and so I, I obviously see the, the they, they've done they crunched the numbers and they see this thing being a profitable business going into the future mm. but it's also a tough industry that they're investing in I mean what you know you're coming up against MTN and Vodacom which this year are spending 20 billion rand between them on their networks sure. you can't sit back and not invest you have to densify your networks there's regulatory risk because the spectrum is not going to be allocated so you're going to have to densify your network, build more base stations, you're going to have to roll out LTE and LTE advanced quite aggressively mm. to keep up with MTN and Vodacom. So um, it's, it's not, they're not, not exactly going to have an easy ride. Um, but clearly the Blue Label guys are, uh, you know, think that this is a, a winner. And shareholders in Blue Label clearly think the same because yeah. the share price has rallied massively. It's almost doubled since last year, this time last year, uh, or since the deal was announced. I think it's up about 90% or something. 
Um, so investors, shareholders are clearly see this as a new, another entry into the sector. Um, I think a lot of um, investors have become a bit jaded about MTN. I think a lot of institutional investors got burnt by MTN and what happened mm. in Nigeria. And so they're looking for another in into the sector and Blue Label's acquisition gives them that in. Uh, so I think there's probably been some switching out of MTN into Blue Label over the last few weeks especially. Um, but it'll be interesting. And uh, of course, LCE itself has said that they intend to list in the next three or four years. Uh, so I guess we can look forward to seeing detailed financial results from Celsius going forward. Anyway, we're going to talk about the MacBook refresh, the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 and the ICT white paper, but first we need to take a break. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken. There are so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to business class fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rafa? How's it, Duncan? So, Apple has announced a date, October 27. Next week, Thursday, I think it is, if I'm yeah. doing my numbers yeah. correctly. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to new MacBook Pros, which has been uh, long in the Jeez. coming. A long time. <laughs> a long time coming. Uh, has there ever been such a long period in between MacBook Pro refreshes? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's been significantly long in, in an Apple kind of mm. normal Apple launch uh, launch period. So yeah. they've obviously felt that they can um, sweat the existing product for for quite a long time. I mean, the the margins on the existing product must have gone up over time. All the prices yeah. have really come down, uh, and also the components uh, must have come down in price. So they must mm. be making good margins on the existing product. But Look, in, in their defense, I mean, my MacBook Pro is now what two years old. Yeah. Um, it was fun. just before the last refresh that I got it, mm-hmm. um, and now I got it for the same reason that you know I can normally look at a Mac, uh, kind of the MacBook range, and their longevity is quite good in, in mm. terms of you know kind of computing terms. Mm. But um, I think it's now way overdue just to just to get the faster processor, better graphics chipsets. Mm. I think that's a big thing. A lot of design graphic professionals, you know, three hundred and sixty guys are kind of big time now processing on on the fly. Yeah, and that's when you need that power. And, yeah, uh, the yeah. stuff that MacBook uh, Pro has usually been known for it yeah. especially if, the, if you have a Core i7 processor in it yeah yeah. Um, but I mean what do we know about this new machine so far it's obviously going to it's going to have a faster processor it's going to probably have bigger storage capacity um, what else do we know about it it's, got, it's rumored to have this, this panel e- of soft buttons along the top yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which, are, which are going to be context aware so if you fire up Microsoft Word for example it'll have little buttons that, that or Microsoft would develop uh, software in the code that makes those Buttons relevant to the software you're using. If you mm. fire up a web browser, it'll have a home button, a back button, whatever. It could uh, work very well. If, if mm. I mean, if Apple, if uh, I mean, we know Apple can pull this kind of thing off. Mm. Um, and if it's using some low-powered LED technology or, or that e-ink technology, mm. I mean, we're just looking at a, a kind of a mock-up render of what it could look like. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it 
could work in a, in a kind of a keyboard layout and kind of functionality wise yeah. if it's a touch sensitive uh, yeah. uh, panel I can see a lot of value in it mm, mm, I think it'd be quite nice actually to remove that uh, top one that's, yeah, that's a good point you could actually um, free up more screen real estate yeah. uh, by, by having that, that there um, allowing you to concentrate more on the document or whatever it is you're working on yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll only get the real detail next week uh, but um, it's quite exciting. I mean, I, I uh, always excited. I, yeah. I certainly wouldn't consider buying a MacBook right now, um, not with the refresh coming. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't even consider buying one earlier this year. They've been a bit, uh, a bit slow in, in, in coming up with this update. Um, I just really hope they they kind of look at customer feedback, and 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 a lot of them are saying just give us more processing power and obviously a really good battery. Yes. You know, max out the max out the process, max out the graphics. The graphics is very important these mm, days. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously, sixteen gigs of memory can only you mm. use so much in, in kind of most of today's software. In any mm, case, mm. Um, but the electronics. Powerhouse. I mean, the electronics keep shrinking. You can you can fit a Core i seven powerhouse into mm. a very small space mm. these days, and uh, that additional space can be freed up for for battery. Um, unfortunately, uh, Apple, like many other companies, has this uh, um, thing with going for the thinnest possible so that may impact yeah. on battery life um, but I wouldn't want to have a very thin MacBook I mean I'm not a MacBook Air type of person because mm. I, I want I'd rather give me the the, the specs, capacity you know, and the capacity. especially the battery I think that's yeah. probably the most important thing um, anyway we'll know next uh, next Thursday the 27th uh, exactly what gets announced we'll probably be talking about it in our next podcast so let's not spend too much time on it now since uh, We'll just be speculating. But yeah, my one question, just mm. on a party note, I wonder if they're going to do away with the headphone jack. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's already rumored that they're going to do away with the USB 3 ports yeah. um, and go USB-C. Yeah, which is another, it's, it's a bold step to do away with USB completely. I mean, Especially on a pro device. Yeah. But then again, you know, they're going to justify it with a dongle. Yeah, probably. yeah. Yeah. I was chatting to a friend of mine about this the other day, actually. I was thinking about it. Maybe doing away with full-size USB doesn't actually matter that much. Um, you can get these little adapters for next to nothing, mm. I'm sure. Um, and it does allow Apple to make the device thinner. Yeah. Um, and it, but although, again, on a, on a MacBook Pro, do you really want it to go that thin? I can see it having appeal on the MacBook Air or the, 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 the MacBook, which is a device I would never buy because it yeah. only has yeah. one port, uh, but then it's not a, it's not a Pro device. Um, I don't more know. Ports would also be more useful. I, I think know? getting rid of a 3.5 millimeter audio jack on a on a computer. I mean, I think I think that would no. be Apple thumbing its nose at customers a bit too much. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a uh, lot of guys use uh, use it for many again for many reasons. I mean, mm. use it as an auxiliary output as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, let's hope not. I don't think they will. Anyway, keep it on. Next Thursday, probably evening South African time, there'll be a keynote. Mm. Uh, Tim Cook will come on stage, and uh, we'll know all about it. Let's talk about Samsung. Oh, my word. Shame, these guys. Note 7 is dead. Yeah. Officially. Um, which was probably the right call. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when the second, when the repaired devices went out and started catching a light, I think that's the time to call it a day on a product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though they shipped in the original batch, never mind the, the follow-up batch, shipped two and a half million of these things. Um, and as um, a piece we carried the other day pointed out, uh, these are these have non-removable batteries, so they're not exactly devices that can be refurbished either. Yeah. So they're probably going to have to be scrapped. Um, it's not something they can put into the market. They're just going to have to destroy them. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, you can't really disassemble these things. Uh, yeah. 
It's a pity. I mean, it was one of Samsung's best devices, according to me. I didn't play with it, but I spoke to a lot of people that did, and everybody yeah. loved it. You know, there was yeah. only good sentiments towards this device. Yeah. Um, it's such a pity because Samsung is, I mean, also if you look at the Galaxy S7, Samsung really is producing the best phones it's ever produced right now. Yeah. yeah. And it's such an unfortunate, and it could have happened to anybody. Um, although some people have said that, I was listening to the Twitter podcast this week, this week in tech, Leon Laporte. And he was, uh, there was a guest on there, I think it was, uh, um, no, I forget who it was, but some, someone on his, on his podcast was saying that Samsung put a 3,500 milliamp hour battery in this thing. Um, and the concern is that this battery was too dense. And um, he was going into the techni- technical technicalities around it. But the denseness of it may have caused the, caused the, 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 the heating problem. And... Um, and it may have been Samsung's desire to produce a device that was better than the iPhone that was about to launch, uh, and um, and wanted to produce a device that had a you know, battery life that would beat the iPhone Seven Plus. Yeah. And uh, the mistake was was trying to pack in too much uh, too much battery into a into a device that it wasn't suited for. Uh, the suggestion was that maybe they should have gone for a 3,000 milliamp hour battery or three, mm. even a 3,200 milliamp hour battery, not 3,500 uh, milliamps. Uh, and that this may have been the downfall. Um, and that indeed the next Galaxy Note, whenever it comes out, may have a small battery. Yeah, I'm quite, I mean, I'm quite surprised that I'm sure they explored obviously replacing those batteries with a lower capacity battery, but um, maybe they just couldn't get them in time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, many NBA um, uh, dissertations are going to be written on this one, I'm sure. <laughs> Look, I know they're going to, they'll definitely come back harder, um, and, and it'll be interesting to see the, you know, the device that they're going to kind of bring out. Oh, yeah, Samsung is going to come back all guns yeah. firing, yeah. You've got no, no, there's no doubt about it. The only question is, when do they bring out the Note 8, or the Note 7.5, or whatever they call it? Do they bring it out um, before the next Galaxy, which is due in Feb March, as normal, around Mobile World Congress? Or do they wait a full year before they bring it out? Yeah, good, good question. Good question. Do, do you really want to bring your Note 7 launch into competition with your Galaxy S8 launch? Yeah. Your Note 8? No, I think, I think they would scrap the version number and just say, let's just uh, put all efforts into the next one yeah. and uh, you know, do it better. And bring it out in a year? Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean why, why, it's like they, they, would do, they wouldn't pull a Microsoft tactic where they kind of beat the dead horse with the same version number. They'll just say, okay, this was a failure, let's just move on. Um, and bring out something bigger and better that will mm. wow everybody more than what the previous device did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder I, if they regret skipping from the Note 5 to the Note 7 naming. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder some head roll. But um, I did I did see also online, there's actually a very, um, I'm thinking of getting this, there's an iPhone case, an iPhone 6 and 7 case that you can buy that when you put it on, it looks like a, a burnt Samsung device. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so there's a little front sticker that you yeah. put around the bezel and it and looks like a great front. <laughs> there's a mod, I think, for, I think it's for GTA 5. Yes. <laughs> there's a mod where you can use, use Samsung Note 7s as, as weapons to, to yeah. blow things up. <laughs> oh, no, but look, I mean, it's, what did I say? No, P, no, there's no bad PR. No, indeed. Maybe. Well, Samsung has <laughs> taken quite a dim view of this and is considering legal action, mm. <laughs> which I think would be a mistake. Jeez, but, yeah. Um, but the phones are banned now from, from flights all over the world. SAA is banned at the um, South African Civil Aviation Authority has said that these may not be taken on any aircraft in South Africa. Um, fines of up to two and a half million rand if you if you take it on board in some parts of the world, not here. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, but a disaster for Samsung. Um, but I've, I, I, they're a very well-run company. I think they will they will get over this quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, by the time the Galaxy Note Eight comes out, we'll have, oh, sorry, the Galaxy S Eight comes out uh, in March next year, we will have um, largely forgotten about these troubles. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to the next their the, their next big device. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, lastly in the news this week is the um, ICT policy white paper, which we spoke about um, briefly in our last podcast. Uh, we've been running lots of opinion pieces, and I've run a few of my, of my own uh, on Tech Central in the last uh, few weeks, really criticizing government over this plan to um, create, not, not so much to create this wholesale open access network, but to to uh, reserve all high demand spectrum for its exclusive use, in effect, in effect creating a monopoly over high demand spectrum and even threatening to take away the existing spectrum assets from the mobile operators, which is clearly unconstitutional. Now, we've run a number of pieces, Dennis Smith from BMIT, Alison Gilwald from Research ICT Africa, and a number of other people, all with very good um, uh, opinions on the subject, um, and criticizing government for this plan, saying it's unworkable in the case of Alison Gilwald. Now, we've run a very lengthy piece yesterday, which is well worth reading, uh, and I'm very glad to have ca- carried it on the website, and I'm, I'm hoping Tech Central will become, it already has become, but I'm hoping more so, it will become the uh, platform to really discuss this white paper in detail and really um, start to get the industry engaged on exactly how it needs to be changed. Now, we've carried this um, piece from um, the Acting Director General of the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services, Joam Joacha, uh, who's the guy who really oversaw the development of this policy it's quite a defensive piece um, not, I guess not surprisingly his, his policy has come in for withering critique um, and he's, he's really come strung to its defence um, and, and I will write a follow up to that piece uh, in the coming week or so um, because I think it is it can be um, I don't want to say taken apart but I think it needs to be criticised in return uh, because I think the, the root of the problem here is that the government is proposing a all or nothing approach where the wholesale open access network gets everything we're going to go for this this open access approach to the exclusion of everything else and that's very risky that's very dangerous uh, in fact telcom this week uh, brian armstrong uh, speaking at a conference this week said that it's clearly uh, dangerous uh, to for one thing to try and take away spectrum from the existing operators uh, and he's also spoken out against the wholesale open access model in urban areas where co- infrastructure competition is important. Um, so I think I think the country needs to find a middle ground. Um, I think the, 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 there's potentially merit in the whole wholesale open access model, but I don't think it should be done to the exclusion of everything else, at, to the exclusion of a model that has actually worked, uh, despite what government seems to think. Um, MTN and Vodacom had a duopoly for a long time. Prices have arguably been too high. Uh, but they have also delivered SIM card penetration to the extent that it's reached 160% of South Africa's population. Hmm. Um, phones are in the hands of probably 80% of, of South Africans. And that's, that's successful, I think. Yeah. Um, now, you can argue that data prices are too high, and we've seen this whole data misfall movement etc etc but there's no doubt that there's been huge successes here as well and I don't think we should throw the baby out with the bathwater and that's what that's what government is proposing in this white paper so I'm I'm hoping that um, Tech Central can be used as a platform to discuss these issues and heck I'm even happy to if 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 the parties want to do it for us to host some sort of forum 
where people get together, the industry gets together to discuss this and thrash out the issues and, and find out how it, the white paper can be changed so that it doesn't punish the incumbent operators, which, you know, is what the white paper in effect does right now. Um, so there we go. I mean, th those are my thoughts on it. I'm going to write a more detailed response to Joam Joachim's column. And again, I want to thank him for writing it for, on Tech Central, giving, uh, to, for contributing that piece to us. Um, uh, because I think it's important that this debate happens. Um, and um, I'm happy that we get used, we, we are used as the platform to debate the issues. And, and hopefully, you know, the, 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 the outcome at the end of the day is that we end up with um, policy uh, that actually makes sense for the sector. And I think the white paper has actually got a lot that's good in it. Um, it you know, large chunks of it are actually very good. Um, but the stuff particularly around Spectrum um, needs, to, needs further consideration. Um, and I think that debate needs to happen. And I think it can happen quite quickly and that policy can be changed quite quickly. I, I don't think this is a thing that needs to be debated for years and, and, and um, you know, um, I, I don't think we need... I don't think we need in Darbas and colloquia and, you know, these things going on forever and discussions in the ANC, you know, debating this as they have in the past for, for years on end. Um, I think we can move on this in a matter of months and actually get a proper policy out there and, um, and, and start to get the spectrum in the hands of the people who need it to roll out networks, um, whether, that's, whether that includes a wholesale open access network or not. I mean, that can be discussed, but certainly the existing incumbent operators need the spectrum on an exclusive use basis. Um, then we can talk about having a, um, we can talk about creating a wholesale open access network as perhaps an experiment to see where it goes, yeah. set certain goals and targets. If they don't meet them, then, then revisit it. Um, but don't do one to the exclusion of another. Um, I think that's just silly, especially when the other option that the, the, what we've had until now hasn't been an abject failure. Anyway, end of rant. <laughs> so let's move on to our um, let's move on to our regular features. Um, our winner this week is uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, and I've picked him because, uh, and I was watching CNBC late last night, um, and Microsoft's um, first quarter earnings um, came in, smashed expectations of analysts. Um, Satya Nadella has really taken Microsoft um, since he took over from Steve Ballmer, and he's really take it in the right direction. I think a lot of this mm. was a, the, the underpinnings were already there under Steve Ballmer, but he's really accelerated them. He's, he's closed down the mobile business, which was clearly going nowhere. He's, um, and, and he's really focused on, 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 on cloud particularly, yeah. which has proved to be a huge success for Microsoft. So they smashed earnings expectations. We haven't seen the markets open yet at the time of this recording, but after I was trading last night, Microsoft was at an all-time high share price. Um, it was up, I think, five or six percent in, in after sure. hours trading. Could go even higher today, uh, and it's so it's, it's at a record record market value. And um, I think the uh, I saw a piece on Bloomberg or Reuters or somewhere that said that uh, the last time Microsoft um, was at this level was at the peak of the dot com bubble, sure. but uh, sixteen wow. years ago. So um, it's taken a long time to claw their way back up, but uh, they're, they're certainly I think their market cap will open around four hundred and eighty billion dollars in the US today. Which will put them Jeez. just behind Google. Um, still some way off Apple, but uh, but um, you know I think a few years ago people were writing off Microsoft. Mm -hmm. They said you know it's, it's game over, it's tickets. They've missed the internet. They've they've um, you know they've missed the search game. They've missed mobile. Actually, it turns out mobile didn't matter that much to them. Um, and uh, they're doing fine. Thank you very much. Corporate enterprise software, cloud computing. Yeah. Um, 
it's they built a big business around that. Microsoft and they've really is, yeah. improved their stuff. I mean, I've been they using have. their online. I mean, we've spoken about Office 365 numerous times. Mm. Um, uh, for my wife's company, we hosted uh, Outlook, uh, Outlook.com, which is an incredibly easy service to use and oh, set yeah. up and add. If we need to add accounts, we can quickly do it. I mean, you're paying 60-odd rand, but it's for two or three accounts. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's so worth it for all that, that functionality you get. Um, so it's... It's been good to follow to follow Microsoft and use them again. Yeah, I was skeptical initially of the software as a service model, but um, I, I like it now. I, I subscribe mm. to Microsoft Office. Mm. I get a terabyte of free storage on OneDrive, um, and I use OneDrive yeah, as my that's default. Other thing, yeah. I yeah. use OneDrive as my default cloud platform. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. I back up all my desktop. I use multiple PCs. I back everything up to to OneDrive automatically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they've, 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 they're firing on all cylinders at the moment, and the results are showing that. Uh, um, I even even though the PC market is in a funk and has been for many years and probably will continue to be in a funk, yeah. uh, they've um, proven that uh, there's money to be made in cloud services. Well, have you noticed that there's been a lot of updates to the Microsoft Office uh, platform? They do a monthly yeah, update. Yeah, they've, they've got a monthly update that comes out now. I just wish they would make those files a bit smaller. I mean, the fiber doesn't really matter, but it's, it's yeah. three, three, 700 meg uh, updates. Yes. But at least it shows they're doing something. I'd rather have that than a constant you know, improvement in yeah. software. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, no one ever talks about Microsoft Office anymore. It's not really mm. the sexy thing, but uh, everyone uses it. Everywhere. Everyone uses it. I, sp- I speak to people often where they say they, you know, they, they actually move back from, from Mac because they want Office. They yeah. don't realize the Office on the Mac. But, uh, the office, know, people, uh, yeah. well, office on the Mac is not as powerful as Office on PC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially not Outlook. Um, although Outlook, uh, Outlook has improved dramatically on, on no, Mac. No, it has improved, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I, 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 I mean, you know... It's actually worth subscribing for me. It's worth subscribing to, my, to the Office three six five just for that storage. You basically yeah. get you basically get um, the Office suite for free. Compared to Dropbox, I mean, if you pay for Dropbox or you switch to to Office three six five, you get a terabyte of service services yeah. and your your Office three six five. Yeah, um, it's a good deal. Mm. Very good deal. It is. It is. Um, I know a lot of people still use Dropbox. Um, yeah, I'm still a paid for subscriber too. Oh, yeah. okay. I need I need that file revision history and uh, just the, 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 the desktop tools. Okay. I find the syncing because I work off those files live. Yeah, so yeah. I need the syncing to be instant. Much better. Yeah, mm. I, f- I find LiveDrive is not as smooth. Okay. Okay. But we use it. I mean, I back up mm. all my other stuff that yeah. I don't use uh, daily. Mm. Our loser this week is MTN. Um, continuing. Uh, Troubles up in Nigeria. I see there's a, the, 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 the Senate up there, uh, the equivalent of our parliament, I suppose, is really going after them, accusing them uh, of uh, illegally repatriating more than repatriating more than $14 billion out of the country. Um, it sounds like it's trumped up. Um, the company denies it, but they're, they're facing so many challenges in that market, and the share price is just getting hammered down and down and down. It's getting close to, it's getting close to 100 rand a share. If you consider it was at its peak, it was sitting at 250 rand a share. It really has come down dramatically. Um, it's at its lowest level since 2010, so it hasn't been this low since since six years ago. Hmm. Um, so they really are having a tough time, um, and it's still a good seven, eight months until Rob Shooter takes over as CEO. Uh, and uh, he's got quite a few challenges. I suspect he's going to have quite a few challenges on his hands um, when he gets there. But um, one has to wonder whether MTN share price is reaching its bottom now. Mm. Um, you know, you know, the bad news can't keep flowing for, forever. Um, some, 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 you know, some bright event has to happen at some point um, to to get that share price back up again. But um, but at the moment, it's not looking good for MTN. So they're our loser this week. What's your pick this week, Richard? 
Um, okay, so I've been playing, I've been fixated to my phone for the last few days. I actually got this at Rage, and I met the guys it's, uh, of this product. I'm sure you're familiar with it, everybody would have heard of this, but Google Cardboard. Yeah. Now, I never, I've never played with it up until now, and I, I, I've used it a couple of times, looked at videos. But it wasn't, it wasn't until I was able to view my own videos that I shot in 360 okay. because uh, I've got a 360 little rig that I, that I do some shooting with. Um, and it's really kind of just unlocked a whole new world for me again. It just, oh, yeah. just in terms of now kind of expanding my, my hobby of shooting 360, but also discovering new videos. And there's a lot of amazing content on YouTube that, that works with Google Cardboard. So, I mean, you've obviously seen it, but I just want to, to give you like a, a quick preview so this is a video that I shot okay. um, on, a, on a golfing green up in Pretoria. Oh, wow. But, I mean, using your iPhone and using this Google Cardboard, which costs 150 bucks, yeah. um, you do need your glass if you... It, it does work better. I mean, it's a, bit, it's a little bit... Uh, it's not really ideal if you've got glass. It's kind of, you know, you just find yeah, the no, sweet okay. spot. But it's okay. Um, the no, poor man's cool, virtual reality experience. I mean, mm. I'm very impressed. 150 bucks. Anybody can do this. Um, there's a company called uh, the website is thevirtual.space. They sell these guys uh, the, these the cardboard version two. Um, and yeah, I've been having a lot of fun and really kind of showing a lot of people what virtual reality is really about. You know, and, and kind of just give them a sense of this immersive experience. So, have you shot any? Can you shoot drone footage? Uh, and uh, yes, not well, I, not with my drone, but you can if you. Yeah. I've got. The, I've I've actually been working with some guys who's got uh, drones that can carry up to to eight kilograms. Yeah. And you just uh, reverse mount a three sixty camera at the bottom of that. Yeah. Um, but the thing with 360s, you want to be closer. I guess it depends on what we want to go for. Mm. Um, but I want to be more immersed in experience. I mm. want to be closer to the action or in the middle of a crowd of people or um, where if you take something up with a drone, you know, it's it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a different experience, but it's, it's more visual from a distance so like you can see what a landscape looks like. Mm. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. I mean, 450 yeah. bucks, like I said. Yeah. Where do you buy these from? Um, so the website, the virtual space. It's, yeah. it's a guy up in Joburg. I met him at Rage. Okay. Um, they sell these things actually uh, for like uh, 150 bucks, um, 149 rand, and you can get straps. That you can put it over your head. Cost you another 30 rand. Okay. But um, it's a piece of cardboard with two lenses. Now, what makes version two better than version one is it's got a little button built in. So this is a, a, a cool. <laughs> transistive little flesh, uh, a little membrane. Yeah. So you can actually tap on the screen and if you're browsing YouTube, you can just keep browsing YouTube videos all the time. Um, a hell of a lot, of, a lot of fun to play with and it was nice showing people, you know, what, what is this experience about and a lot of people are wild. Mm. And there's a really lot of good content on there. Um, maybe, mm. maybe if I can have a pick B to this, yep. uh, there's actually an app called Within. Um, it's called Extraordinary Stories in Virtual Reality. Now, these are kind of downloadable videos, 360 videos that you can can get that lives on your phone. What's it called? But, uh, within. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff uh, shot by the New York Times. And there's some kind of documentary style under, uh, uh, under the sea type things. Oh, and, yeah. and there's a few artist videos on here too where you kind of artists talk about, you know, how they create and their spaces and that kind of thing. And it's some really good content. I mean, and makes oh. makes virtual reality interesting you can actually see where the value lies in it oh that's pretty cool i'm gonna i'm gonna grab find, find out whatever, where I've, wherever i've whichever drawer i put my <laughs> google cardboard in and uh, have a look at that the snl skits is quite nice i mean it's just it's literally just i mean some of them are really nicely produced mm. um some of them like the snl one is just a camera stuck somewhere but you get to see the audience you get to see how they shoot behind the scenes yeah um, yeah, pretty cool. Nice. Pretty it, it, cool. It, it puts a new twi twist on just being uh, yeah. just scrolling on your YouTube video. Cool. 
great. Well, I've got a very cool pick this week. Um, it's actually what I... Th- uh, and I, let me just say, I haven't seen all the Android phones this year. I haven't seen the Note 7, for example. That's not on the market anymore. And I haven't seen the S7. But I've seen most of the other Android phones. And I think this is the best Android phone I've seen this year. And it's called the Motorola Moto Z. It's what? Motorola? <laughs> Motorola. Hello, Moto. They're back. They're back uh, in the South African market after an absence of several years. And um, it's... Uh, at first glance, it looks like your average... Slablet, I call it. Slablet. Um, it's uh, 5.5 inch, so um, it's, it's in phablet territory. Uh, it's um, it's it's a great phone. It's it's got a Snapdragon 820 processor in it, four gigs of RAM. I think it's 64 gigs of storage. I think there's a 32 gig option as well. Uh, fingerprint unreader uh, unlocker is very good, very snappy, um, and it's a great little device. Um, uh, the first thing I'm, I'm just going to demo to to Rechot here because uh, there's a lot of demoing that needs. We actually should, we should have a video here for this, but um, uh, it's um, it's a mo- they call it a modular phone. Um, so you can take the back cover off. It has it's connected with magnets. Oh wow! Okay. And um, I'm just going to take the bumper off the little bumper plastic uh, um, that comes in the box. Does it come with all of these little accessories, or do these optional extras? Uh, it, as far as I know, it comes with the uh, the bumper the little bumper case and the rear cover. Um, it's a bit tricky to take the bumper off, um, I've discovered. Here we go. <laughs> now, have a look how thin this thing is. I think it's five and a half millimeters. Wow. Um, which is pretty incredible. Now, the, 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 the camera sticks out a bit. Um, it's a 12, 12 or 13 mega, I think it's a 13 megapixel rear-facing camera. Very, very snappy camera. It takes good pictures. This is very nice. It's incredibly thin. This is really a mix. If, if, if Apple, and, uh, Apple and Samsung phones kind of... Yeah, at babies. This is yeah. the, this is Indeed. the result. It's but it's very slick. It's beautiful. A little edgy, which is which mm. is kind of what I like. It's not as rounded, which means yeah. it doesn't slip out of your hand. Like, yeah, but incredibly device. thin. Now, now you'll notice on the back there's a whole bunch of uh, weird-looking connectors. Um, I'm just going to snap the bumper case back on the on the front of the phone. Um, snaps on quite easily. Now you'll see. Um, this just snaps on here using the magnets. It sits on very nicely. So you would walk around with this back. You walk on with the back. You cover don't really take it off and have it just. You don't. You like don't. Okay, yeah. Okay. And you wouldn't want to do that anyway. The back is a little bit ugly with the connector yeah, sitting there. Yeah. You could you could take it off and walk around with this ultra thin phone if you really want to show. But this it. wouldn't fall off. I mean, it's a magnet. It's a magnet. It doesn't fall off. It doesn't snaps in. It snaps in comfortably and it's it's solid. Now, what's really cool about this is it comes with um, something called motor mods. Yeah. So um, let me demonstrate the first motor mod I've got here, which is the um, JBL Sound Boost. Ooh, nice. Now what you do is you literally just plonk it on the back, it snaps on. Now it's stuck nicely on the device. Um, oh, that's clever. So let me just fire up Google Play Music, um, and uh, let me just uh, let me just find some uh, music. Uh, you know what I was listening to the other day was that um, <laughs> something heavy, no doubt. We listened to a lot of Lunatic Soul, which is a great band nice. out of Poland. Um, but there was a particular track I was listening to. Uh, it was, and I love it. Um, it's a really old track from the seventies by Boney M, called uh, Mar Baker. Uh, Mar Do you remember Baker, that song? Yes. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really not a fan of Boney M. Let me just. Um, what do you mean you're not a fan of Boney? Christmas <laughs> is coming up. We're going to hear it all the time. Freeze! I'm Mar Baker. Put your so hands in the is, air. Uh, Give me all your money. To the sound up. Have a listen to the sound coming out of this now. I don't know uh, people it's listening to this are going to get the full experience. But that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Right? That is impressive. I mean, this is a portable, a portable speaker that you snap onto your phone. It is. And what's nice? Let me, let me just pause that. What's really nice about it? It's got a little stand at the back as well. So um, 
My wife and I were listening to a podcast the other day in the car, and it was so good we wanted to carry on listening to it. So I just snapped this on the back when we walked into the house, nice. popped it onto the table, and we carried on listening to it, and uh, you know, in, with proper volume and stuff. And it was fantastic. And this doesn't make the phone... I mean, the phone is obviously a bit chunkier now. Is there any battery in here? Or is this There's a just battery. A There's a battery in there as does well. Does it charge the phone too? Or does it, it just... I, it appears not to. Um, so you have to charge it separately with your, the USB-C cable. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I th- the, so the, so the, the speaker is powered on itself? Yeah, it is, yes. Very nice. So it doesn't drain Very your phone nice. battery, which is pretty cool. I mean, I would definitely walk around with this. If I know I'm going to get to the park or whatever, or yeah, yeah. going out with uh, friends, you know, I can snap this on. It's yeah, actually going, not too big. You can exactly. pop it in your pocket. And I mean, if you go away for, on holiday or something, I mean, you know, you don't want to lug around something to listen to music. You can just pop that on your phone. You can listen to music. Very nice. I like that. And uh, we all stream our music these days. Yeah, anyway, exactly. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. So um, that, that's the JBL Soundboost. That mod costs 1,699 Rand, uh, which is not excessive. I mean, it's, a, it's an external mm. speaker. Can mm. I have a look at that? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, this is, yeah, this is the external speaker that you slap on it. I yeah. can see there's a charging port here too for the battery. Now, the second um, uh, motor mod I've got here is the, um, this is called the uh, Hasselblad True Zoom Mod. Oh, my no, this, I, thought this might blow, I thought this might blow your mind. That's now, you, lucky, you snap like this it. on, right? You snap this onto the back of the thing, and uh, let me just uh, unlock the phone and go into my camera. Now, if you have a look at this, that's interesting. Pop this up. Now, uh, this is, offers a ten times optical zoom on your smartphone. Um, it's got a dedicated um, re- oh, release yeah, button, shutter button, button yeah, yeah, yeah. and zoom button. So I'm just going to demonstrate this directly here. We're going to zoom in into the distance oh, that's, that's, very cool, that's yeah. optical so this is something you just can't do on you a normal smartphone yeah. um, I mean it's obviously using the sensor of this attachment at the back I mean it's not using the phone sensor um, I would guess yes, that is the case is, yes yeah, yeah, it has it its own be, sensor yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it has its own sensor you're right um, but nice. a very very nice attachment made by Hasselblad which of course is famous of, uh, of course I mean that's a yeah. brand to carry around yes right? um, and uh, you can just use the dedicated release button shutter button there to, to snap a picture and from the front, it really looks. I mean, you wouldn't if, if somebody shows this to me, yeah. you wouldn't be able to say that this is a phone on the back. It just looks like a. It now looks like, like a point camera. and shoot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got a proper flash on it, which is another another good reason mm. to to have something like this because yeah. mobile mobile photographs, obviously, with flash, those although they've improved, yes. uh, not always as good as yes. the big ones. Oh, that's yeah. very impressive. That's very, what does this phone go for though? Twelve? What did you say? 12? The phone is about uh, the phone itself is twelve triple nine recommended. Um, you probably get it cheaper than that if you shop around. So, but it is a high-end phone, so yeah. um, it's a sort of it's sort of in the price range you'd expect from a high-end Sony or a high-end mm-hmm. uh, Samsung. Uh, that that particular mod, the Hasselblad True Zoom mod, costs uh, not cheap, four two nine nine. Sure, yeah, so it's quite pricey. But it's a Hasselblad. I mean, you. It is a Hasselblad indeed. For, yes, yeah. Um, but it's it's beautiful. It's very nicely mm. done. I'm quite mm. impressed. I mean, it looks it looks like it fits there. You know, it doesn't look yeah. out of place or something that was just uh, plonked on the back of a design. You can see the phone was yeah. designed with. And it looks like things. they're they're conjoined. It doesn't look like they could be separated. Yet you you literally just peel it off the side and they 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 they, they come apart. Nice. And you can put it back in its pouch and plug your. Question: Can you can you use there. that separately? Probably not. No, you can't. It has to be used with the Moto Z. So that one doesn't have power. The 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 the, the hustle I think there's a battery in here. Uh, I, I'm, although I'm not 100% sure about that uh, it's quite light actually there probably isn't a battery in that component uh, uh. Um, there's definitely a battery in the speaker uh, yeah there's no battery in here because yeah. you can't switch it off again ok ok and there's no charging port on it that's a good yeah, point yeah. Yeah. whereas this has got a USB-C charging port on it 
Um, so that, that's quite cool. There's, there's a couple of other mods which I don't have here, unfortunately. The one, one is called the Moto InstaShare Projector Mod, okay, which will turn cool, your phone cool. into a projector. Nice. I can see how that could work very nicely. That, yeah. that one fetches 4699, it's also not cheap. And the, and the other one which I don't have here, which um, which I, th I think would probably be the best-selling one, is the Incipio Off-Grid Power Pack mod. Yes. Uh, which adds uh, basically doubles the battery life on the phone um, without adding a huge amount of heft to it. So nice. um, the battery life on this Moto Z is pretty average. Um, you'll, you'll get a day, day on it, day from it if you don't use it too mm. heavily. But um, if you're a heavy user, just snap on the, the Incipio Power Pack mod and you're guaranteed to get through the day no matter how heavily you use your phone. That's very cool. Yeah. So uh, it's one of the coolest phones I've seen in a while, Moto Z. Um, uh, the, the only downside, I suppose, is that uh, we, know we don't keep our phones for all that long. So mm. you know, if you if you get your phone, if you upgrade your phone every two years, then uh, you're going to end up with these accessories that you spent a lot of money on, which might be useless. Yeah, true. I mean, but I think with anything, any technology, really, even if you buy a camera these days, it's not going to last you more than two years. So you're going to be replacing everything. Yeah. Regardless, I think. Um, yes. But you know, this is. Uh, I, th I think I think. Our tech gadgets do last longer these days. I mean, something mm. like this, even if you pass it down to the kid, maybe you'll spy him to become a photographer one day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose even if you do upgrade, you can keep them separately with the motor mods and uh, yeah. use them just for listening to music or taking this pictures. This with a speaker snapped on could be a very nice little outdoor entertainment system. Exactly, can, yeah. You know, people can come up, choose their music, and yeah. have music playing. Because yeah. you've got this big screen just kind of constantly on your streaming service. Uh, yes, and uh, it, doesn't your, it doesn't charge your phone battery, which would have been a real downside because yeah. obviously a speaker like this would destroy the phone battery. Yeah. Do you know what the, what the battery life is on that speaker? I don't. I'd have to check. Um, I don't. It's quite heavy, though, so I'd imagine that it's, it's reasonable. Uh, yeah, I mean JBL speakers generally, you know, they they're up there with the better ones. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just wanted to play that song. We know what you're going to be doing this weekend: <laughs> margaritas and uh, music. I won't be listening to any more <laughs> any other Bonnie M songs. No, that's a good one. song. It's a great good song. song. It's yeah. a great song, actually. Great stuff. Um, I think that's our show this week. We just need to uh, do our quiz results. Um, do you want to kick it off, Richard? Sure. First question. We finally have... Well, we had sight of Celsius full financial numbers. How much of the net profit did it turn in the first six months of 2016? The answer, 2.8 million rand, and that is on a revenue of 7 billion rand. Which smartphone did... Uh, oh, this is hard now. <laughs> Which smartphone did Lenovo launch in South Africa this week? And the answer is the Moto Z, or I think they pronounce it Moto Z. Moto Z. Hello, Moto. Third question. Nasparas this week sold one of its investments for 46 billion rand. Who was it? The answer, Allegro of Poland. Microsoft shares hit a record high in after-hours trading on Thursday, but the company remains the third largest tech company in the US. Which companies are bigger? Apple is first and Google is second. And the fifth question. The new HBO science fiction series Westworld, which tackles issues like artificial intelligence, is receiving rave reviews around the world. It's based on a 1973 movie that was directed by which well-known author and movie director? The answer, Michael Crichton. Great. Well, that's our show this week. Uh, as always, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And we have been getting quite a few mails in the last few weeks, and we, we'd love to read your uh, your feedback and your views on the show, uh, what your thoughts are on our, our uh, weekly beer feature now, um, anything else you'd like to see on the show that we don't do, or anything that annoys you that we'd, you'd prefer we didn't do. <laughs> Drop us a mail, info at techcentral.co.za. Until next time, from Record on myself, take care. Cheers. Cheers.